Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hey folks, I feel so happy to be with you today. Today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about who I am and why I do what I do. The thought on this podcast came to me after being interviewed by a magazine called Mujeres Unicas. That means Women United. It is an awesome magazine by editor Stella Paulini. My husband works a lot in the Latino community and she found out about me and what I do with my divorce coaching and wanted to put me on the cover. And I was like, well, I'm not Latina. You know, like I have a Latin last name because of who I married, but she didn't care. So I just feel super honored that I have this opportunity to be in her magazine. It reaches Arizona and some parts of California and down through parts of Mexico. And I just feel honored to be a part of it, really. And I love the name of the magazine, Women United, because I feel like a lot of times women can be divided. I love that we can encourage one another. I love that we can cheer for one another's successes. And, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But I thought that I would go ahead and share the questions that she asked me and hope that it can answer some of your questions if you've thought. I've had a few emails and things like that too, asking me a little bit more about what I do. So here it goes, people. Whether you like it or not, you're going to learn a little bit about me and why I do what I do and what I do. So the first question was, please, Emily, tell me about yourself. Describe yourself. So I am a person who thrives on challenging herself. I was taught to set goals really early on in life, especially by my dad. Uh, he instilled upon us, I, I have five brothers and four sisters, so there's, it's a huge family, but he instilled upon each one of us this belief that we could accomplish anything in life as long as we put forth the effort. I mean, he would sit us around, we'd have weekly meetings, and he would always talk about success and he would say, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I will never forget the phrases he would use and the quote that talks about life is 10% what happens to us and 90% the attitude we have about it. I mean, he was just coaching us and coaching us and getting it in our brains that we could do anything. And I believed it, and I still believe it, and I'm happy that I had that from a young age. So early on, I, I enjoyed perfecting my skills. I liked to make things better and better. That was another thing that both of my parents said, you know, to leave your best on the floor. Do your best in everything you do. And so I started the piano at age four, and so I enjoyed being able to perfect my piano pieces. And then I started gymnastics early on and different sports. And you know, it really carries over into my life now. So I still, I love improving my results in everything I do from exercising to motherhood, to being a good wife, to piano teaching, to divorce coaching, to being a good friend. I mean, 
everything I do, I feel like I could have better and better results. And I'm always wanting to progress. It's just something I have inside me. But I am not a perfectionist. <laughs> I will tell you that. I think being a perfectionist can really hold you back. And I used to be in high school. And uh, man, it uh, was not good. So luckily, I left that behind. But I fail all the time. And I think that that's good because then I learn and then I try again and try something different and try again. So uh, I also feel like I'm blessed with this internal motivator that pushes myself through trials. And when things get tough, it's like a small little voice, actually, I have. And I honestly believe it's there because of my strong faith in God. And I also feel like it's there because of the many mentors and coaches I've had throughout my life. I'm telling you, I, I still remember some of the darkest moments in my life and hearing my gymnastics teacher in my head scream at me that I could do it. <laughs> I still remember the specific time that I had a mind block about doing just a a regular flip-flop back tuck. I just had this mind block and she just screamed at me because it was close to the show. The show was the big deal at the end of the year and I was having this mind block and because she yelled at me that I could do it, I went and I did it. And hearing her voice in my head, was it was so cool later on in my life. And I'm just so thankful for those people and that they can pop up in my mind from time to time. And so I want to take that gift. I want to take the gift to help others. I feel like I have it as a gift. It's something I've automatically done throughout my life. But, but now it's directed to coaching women going through tough breakups or divorce in their lives. So now I'm trying to channel it a little bit more into my business and what I'm doing. So the next question is, why is it so important to help other women Ooh, I like that question. I believe women are the foundation of our society. So no one, when you're asked, hey, did a woman give birth to you? <laughs> they can't answer no. Okay, everybody has a mother, whether you're in your life or not. So women are the life force. They're the backbone of society. And the influence of a woman is so far-reaching. So, for example, when a woman is feeling great, living a life she's like proud of, is mastering herself mentally and emotionally well. Imagine who else is positively influenced by this. We've all heard when mama is happy, everybody's happy. You know, when the woman in the home is happy, so are the children and whoever else. But it doesn't even have to be a mom. If you've noticed, in the workplace, if the woman, <laughs> if the women in general are happy, everyone else, it just kind of influence. Women have a special gift of influence to those around them. So what happens when that woman is depressed or traumatized or victimized or devastated? Most others in her sphere of influence will be negatively affected, and I don't want that to happen. So that's where I come in. So I know the importance of helping a woman through her emotional health and incorporating her support system at the same time and then helping her to guide those that she is guiding as well. 
Next question is, what are the common myths in divorces? Oh gosh, you know, there's so many. So I only, I chose just a couple. And the number one thing, I think, the number one myth is that divorce is terrible, people are vindictive, and they are going to fight for irrational things, and you are going to come out of it broke, and your pride and your feelings are, could be, are just going to be destroyed. Okay, this does not have to be the case. So my job is to instill self-confidence in my clients, as well as learning to properly communicate where hurt feelings are there so that those other feelings don't actually have to be part of it. It's doable when your focus is placed in the right direction and the relationship is turned into like a business type of relationship, especially if you have children. So a few other myths are that the mother will be granted custody or have more custody. This is not the case anymore. Times have changed. And especially in the state of Arizona, 50-50 custody is really pushed. So it's equality for mother and father. Another myth is that you have to use a lawyer. You don't have to, but I always recommend that you do so you don't miss anything. And one last myth I have, it goes with number one again, is that both parties are angry with each other after the divorce and that you have to hold some sort of contempt for the other person. I don't believe this at all. I don't care what was done to you, especially if you have children. I believe that if you take the time to work with a good team of, you know, lawyers, parents, mentors, that it can be workable and that you can leave with mutual feelings of respect, even if you feel like you got the brunt end of the deal. I still feel especially if children are involved, that each party should do their very best to always respect the other parent and to realize that your child is one half of that person and that if you ever slip and disrespect your ex in front of that child, that they will think that they are one half less or not as good or not worthy or whatever you're saying, it will negatively affect them. So I truly believe that divorce does not have to be as messy as the myths make it seem to be. And I can help you with that, <laughs> right? So the next question she asked was, what are the most common reasons for people failing in marriage? And gosh, I mean, I'll just tell you what I see. My opinion could be different than, you know, you can go Google it, I guess, what the top reasons are. But from what I've seen, it mostly occurs when trust has been destroyed time and time again. So whether that's through infidelity, addiction, or money issues, people find it difficult to trust again. It's, it's hard on the system. Also, we hear of people growing apart. It's kind of like a saying, well, we grew apart, but it actually is a very real thing. Sometimes values change for one or both parties and it leads them to seek other interests that takes their time and devotion away from their partner. And when we aren't investing time and effort into a relationship, those feelings can go away. Believe it or not, love is not automatic. It's like giving a plant the proper water and sunlight. It needs continuous nourishment to survive. So we've got to nourish it. Also, 
we need to be careful about the thoughts we have about our partners. I truly believe that a relationship is simply the thoughts you have about the other person. So as annoyances fester, our thoughts can get out of control and can change how we see our partner if we let them, which will in turn change our feelings about them because feelings are generated simply by our thoughts. So if you want to have a good feeling about your partner, you got to paint a beautiful picture in your mind of thoughts about him or her, and it truly can change things. All right, next, she asks me, how do you offer support as a coach? And then she asked me to describe it. So I will gladly tell you exactly what I do and how I offer the support. So I offer support in three specific ways. Number one, sometimes a person just needs help with the legal process and the jargon. Like they can't make sense of the words and they they don't know what things mean. So I can help make sense of that process. And I work with one of the top divorce attorneys in the state, Kevin Jensen. I also help with gaining exact clarity as to what they want in a parenting plan. So I can help you with your parenting plan, which includes how much time they get with the kids, which holidays, which days, how they are raised, whether they're going to have a cell phone at a certain age, whether they're going to be allowed to, you know, spend the night if dad's girlfriend is there overnight, or, you know, there's so many things. Whether they're going to go to church at this church or the other church, or all those details that may be forgotten, I'm pretty dang good with details. So I make sure that we go and cover everything. So that's number one, just the divorce process itself. Number two, so as divorce or breakup can take a toll on us emotionally, I have a program I work with my clients through, something I developed. And I'm similar to a counselor, but it's specifically for the divorce person and catered to their personal struggles. So some program points include letting go of the ex, communication and co-parenting, empowering your children, breaking codependency, mastering your emotions, self-care, and designing a compelling future. But like I said, so coaching is tailored specific. I mean, you can listen to all of my podcasts and hopefully gain a lot. That's what I'm hoping by doing these podcasts. But when you get specific coaching for your specific needs, you will yield specific results catered to you. So that's the value. And then number three, when hiring me, I vow that you will reach your goals faster You'll break through limiting beliefs, you'll produce more, you'll become a better leader, and you'll gain clarity in what your purpose is. So that's kind of my checklist that I'm making sure that my clients will do (laughs) by the end of of our sessions together. Okay? (laughs) So on to the next, people. It says, you have a large family. Describe them and how you cope with them every day. Well, I was confused at first because I come from a large family. I have five brothers, four sisters, and I don't consider 
me having five children that large. But I guess it kind of is large for today, right? Or something? But when you come from a family of 10 kids, you're just like, oh, that's five is nothing. <laughs> but I do have five children. I have, right when I'm making this podcast, I am nine months pregnant. My fifth child will be coming along, people, any moment. So there's not a name for that fifth one. So Isabel, she's 13. She's independent. They asked me to describe them. She's musical. She's very original. She is herself. She doesn't want help with anything. Tommy is seven. He's focused, serious. He's very selfless. Scarlett is five. She's passionate. She's happy. She's super giving. Romney is three. He's wise. He's older than his years, and he's the comedian. And then, like I said, we have no name yet for the fifth one. But I believe it's part of my identity to have the privilege of being a mother. So that's my number one job and pleasure. And of course, it can be challenging at times, but my coach training has actually aided me so much in being a better mom. So every morning I wake up and I try to focus my thoughts on what each of them may need. I also focus my mind on the qualities that they have and how I can be patient with them that day. And it really, really helps when you are in love with your children and you see their potential and you see their qualities to have patience for them. It really helps, I promise you. And then I just set lots of goals. I set goals to not yell. Yes, I am human. And that doesn't always happen, but I set the goal. So I take it very seriously. I take it like a job. So goals are definitely a part of what I do there. And then prayer, I pray for each one of them and what their individual needs are and how I can help them develop themselves and things like that. So prayer really helps the mind to be focused on the goal at hand. I don't. The question said how I cope with my family. I, I don't see it as coping. Luckily, I don't see it. I see it as a privilege and I see it as my identity to be the best I can be in that capacity. So... It's a pleasure. Okay, next question. My husband was like, oh my gosh, I don't like this. Don't answer it. So of course, I'm going to have to anyway. But it says, tell us about your husband and how you keep the romance between both of you. So <laughs> he didn't want me to answer this, but I will say that my husband supports me in everything I do. He is a super honest person. He's generous. He's loving. He wants everyone around him to live their dreams. So that is why he's so supportive of mine. It's truly in his heart for others to live their dream. So keeping the romance in our relationship is actually really easy because we're each other's best friend. We spend a lot of time with each other as much as we can. He is a very busy guy. I'm a busy gal. But we love to spend time with each other. And we love to joke. We like to be ourselves. We go on a lot of dates without the kids. And we think the world of each other. And I think that is the key. Again, I am going to reiterate this probably three times. But a relationship are, is what you think about the other person. And so we both think very highly of 
one another. When one annoys us, we get over it super quickly. And we just put those thoughts of love into our minds. And it's something that you have to do. <laughs> and it really, really helps. So, And our values are the same. Our dreams are the same. And they include one another. So that's all I'm going to say, say about that. But um, she asks me one final question. It says, your message to the readers of Mujeres Unicas to obtain excellent results within the family. So first, I wanted to look a little bit at the broader scope before I talk about the family. I believe that women supporting women is crucial to the influence, the power, and respect that women as a whole have in the world. The equality in the workplace and throughout society is steadily improving throughout the years. However, I think it could be even better if we do a better job of recognizing each other's successes and glorifying each other instead of putting each other down. Sometimes competitiveness, judgment, and ignorance blinds women into unnecessary wars amongst one another. We've heard of the mommy wars. You know, people on social media complaining <laughs> that, oh, she just posts everything that's perfect. She does all the Valentine's decorations and throws the greatest parties for her kids. And I, I just feel like when the perfect mom does that, it makes me feel inferior. Well, then you're judging the mom that seemingly has it all together, but we know she doesn't have it all together. But I just kind of wish those wars would stop between us. I wish that we could get rid of the judgment. Let's let the ones that look like they have it all together, let's just let them. Let's let them, you know. And then the rest of the people in sweatpants or whatever, let's let them be who they are and do their best. Does that make sense? We don't need to judge each other. There, there's an excellent quote by Alexandra L. She's a poet and an author. And she said, Celebrating another woman's triumphs or success will never take away from your shine or glory. If anything, it'll add to it and create more light. Oh my gosh, I love that. So that's kind of on the world view. So now, as we look at relationships within the family, again... I'm going to say it again, you guys. Are you ready? We need to remember that our relationships are basically our thoughts about another person. That's it. That's the secret. Many people believe the relationship depends upon the other person's actions or behaviors. But it doesn't have to. It's all about what we expect. We can turn those expectations into appreciation and start there. As well as watch our thoughts. You know, what are our thoughts about those we love? And start implanting enriching thoughts about them. And of course, I say this phrase that Tony Robbins uses a lot, where our focus goes, energy flows. So as we invest our time, talents, and focus toward our families, great things will come to pass. Spending the time, being patient, having loving discipline, and supporting our children in their accomplishments it works. Do you know that? <laughs> it helps your family be unified. It helps increase love. You know what? We actually know the things we should do to have better quality relationships. Expert advice is at our fingertips, people. We can go Google it. It's everywhere. But do we make the effort? Do we make the time? 
to do the things we know we should do. I can promise you, as we make them our priority, set family goals, put in the work, the outcome you want will happen. You just have to do it. And a coach can help make that a reality. <laughs> so that's it for my interview. Again, I was so privileged to do that. And I hope that you guys learned a little bit that can help you in what I said. So now you know what I do. You know a little bit more about me. I hope you have a blessed day. Make it what you want. Until next time, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.